Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm hosting Zoe Ligon, a Detroit-based sex educator. We talk about how to prioritize your pleasure and step away from goal-oriented sex because, you know, it's not all about orgasms. We explain the important distinction between dildos and vibrators, not that you have to choose, and creative mind-blowing ways to incorporate sex toys, the positive side of porn, why stocking up on good lube makes sex so much better, tips for choosing your first butt plug, plus finding your zen when rocking woman on top. All this and more. Thanks for listening. I love when I run into listeners of the podcast in the real world. You always ask such great sex questions. And you also ask me, is the womanizer really that good? Or tell me more about the womanizer which doesn't surprise me because it's still the top search term on sexwithemily.com. The good news is I could talk about the womanizer all day. I call it the clip whisper because it seems to know exactly what I want. I didn't think they could top the womanizer to go, the one that's shaped like a lipstick, but guess what? They did. The latest womanizer is called the Starlet. It's got all the power of the original, but it's super tiny. It literally fits in the palm of your hand. The womanizer uses patented pleasure air technology to indirectly stimulate your clitoris with gentle suction and air pressure. It's so effective. Some women have an orgasm in 60 seconds. If you haven't tried a womanizer, Now is the time. There are a bunch of different models, but trust me, all of them are the sure thing. To order your Womanizer Starlet, click on the Womanizer banner on my site or find it at goodvibes.com slash Emily. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com because it's awesome. And Jamie's in charge of it. And she can tell you all about what's happening there. All the fun things on our site right now. What are your favorite blogs this week, Jamie? Um, right now, we are uh, we got a couple Ask Emily's on here, which are always good because, of course, you know, we love listening to Emily read them on the podcast. But we do get a lot in the inbox that we can't always get to. So we put some on the site and that's always fun. Right. So this one is ask Emily how to fix my literal dry spell because a lot of people assume that if you're wet, you're good to go. And if you're not, you're not aroused, but that's not always the case. So not true. Right. Wetness is not an indicator of arousal. So there are, yeah, not always, but there are ways to fix that with lube and with other things. So you can go on the site and look at that. There's also a cool one about modern dating. Ooh, I love modern dating. Yes. And about how there's just too many options to settle down. And there's some good things with that and some bad things with that. And just some things that are things, I think. But it's interesting to see how dating has changed because of technology. Paradox of choice. It is. Too many choices. I know. But also people are like also thinking more thoroughly. I think that's good. I think that you need the experience of going out and dating people, not jumping right into relationships. People are just kind of trying to figure out the right kind of relationships that they want. But I think better take time dating than to jump into something that just doesn't work for you. Exactly. So also, you guys, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. I love our new newsletter format. 
it's a good time, right, James? Oh, it is. No, it's it's super fun. It looks cooler. It looks like more colorful and hip. Easy to read. Easy to read, which I like. We all know that like we get flooded our inbox of different newsletters and things. However, this one I do think it's fun and it's easy to navigate. Right. And then you know like every week you're not gonna miss any cool stuff happening on Sex with Emily. And you can also join us on social media. It's all at Sex with Emily on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and Twitter. Because that's fun. And also sex hack videos. We've been doing a bunch of sex hacks videos. Jamie's been editing them, Mm -hmm. shooting them. She's amazing. Check them all out everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. The full versions are on YouTube. If you guys haven't been to the YouTube page in a while, we have been adding to it. It's super fun. It's youtube.com slash sex with Emily. And that's how you get the full video. Like on Instagram, you only get a minute. And right. We give you a minute teaser, but YouTube's a whole thing. We've had our channel for a while, but we we are putting new energy and life into it. Mm-hmm. So subscribe. Oh, so yeah. So subscribe, subscribe there. to our channel. Definitely. Oh, should we talk about our March, April contest? I think you should tell everyone about it. Oh, yes, because it's almost over. <laughs> um, so it is called the O's of March contest, although we did give you until April 10th. Because we know that sometimes it's hard to think of something and you're like, oh, crap, there was this contest I really wanted to enter, but March is over. Nope, we got we got some extra time for you. So, you know, those those oh moments, those moments where you're like, oh, like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Why wasn't I doing this before? Why did no one tell me about this? You know, those moments. Yes. Have them in your sex and dating life, all aspects of your life. But we want to know what's going down with your oh moments in the bedroom. So maybe you were like, oh, that's an erogenous zone. Like, what the hell? Since when? Since oh my when God. is my forearm an erotic Exactly. Because it, it changes. A, it does change. It does change. We've never discovered them. Right. You'd be like, oh my God, sex toys? Not just for women? No. Not just for vaginas? Not just for vaginas. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so we want to hear those moments. You can email feedback at sex with Emily with the subject title O's of March or aha moment. Either one. We will figure it out. By April 10th, and we will give you a super awesome prize. That's right. Thanks, Jane. Zoe Ligon is awesome. She's here. She's a Detroit-based <laughs> sex educator. We've been talking a lot about Detroit. Yes. Uh, journalist and artist, and she is the proprietor of a progressive online store, uh, Toy Emporium Spectrum Boutique. And you're just awesome. You're an artist. You're a writer. You're a creator. You're on this journey of being a sexologist, teacher. It seems like you're doing so many interesting things right now. So I, we met in the bathroom. Yes, we did. As many women do. Mm-hmm. There's many a friendship and many great conversations that happen in women's but bathrooms. It was a bathroom at a sex toy True. expo is the added context. <laughs> it right. It wasn't late night at a bar. <laughs> yeah, you were um, like looking at floggers and paddles right. I remember I saw you in the sports sheets you booth did or- <laughs> <laughs> was that was that Emily over there in the I sports like, sheets booth I was Emily. hoping she'd flog me with their new um what's the new line called their new S&M Enchanted collection mm-hmm. but no we met in the bathroom over lipstick but we were talking yeah I loved you I adored you I'm like oh my god you're doing sex you're in Detroit yeah. tell me how you got into this whole sex world what was your pull the art actually is what got me into it I was making collages as a teenager because I didn't have any other artistic (laughs) talent and wanted to make visual art so badly so I was like oh I can chop up and remix other images and as I turned 18 19 I started coming across more like pinuppy and then like eventually led to smut mags and like a little bit more like amateur photo shoots And I started really enjoying what I could do with images that were very much shot from the male gaze, but 
when I was able to remix them and kind of like put them into my own whatever I thought was aesthetically pleasing I was never trying to like send a message right. but people were like oh I love what you're doing reclaiming bodies and I'm like yes I guess I, I guess I was inadvertently <laughs> doing that and I was just like working at a bar going to school studying psychology I went to Fordham in Manhattan and somebody was like you know I sell sex toys and if you make art with like nudity and stuff you'd probably also like selling sex toys <laughs> and it just so happened that I became orgasmic through vibrators. I wasn't able to bring myself to orgasm through partnered sex or with my hands and discovering the magic wand specifically. <laughs> like I was like, oh, I'm a power queen. And like, yeah, humans don't vibrate. So I, I need this tool. Right. So it was exciting. And it was nice to get like this, this, the money on the side of going to school. But it was really, I mean... I think you know how it can really quickly turn into therapy right. in a way, too. And since I was studying psychology, I was like, wait, this is a niche yeah. that I love. So I had a very similar experience in that I never had an orgasm until I, and I didn't even know what orgasm, I wasn't even trying to have one. Me, I was like having neither. bad sex. I said to yeah. my friends in Michigan, when I was 20, I was like, okay, so sex is, you know, I was having sex with my boyfriend. Like I dated him for two years. I'm like, you guys just let me in on the big deal about sex. Cause I don't really get it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, why aren't you having an orgasm? Like, I'm like, he's just coming in, pounding away at me mm -hmm. for like 20, you know, that's what bad. they're taught to do. Yeah. He didn't know. And they I was like, it is about great. It's like, well, what about orgasm? I'm like, right. what do you mean? So I did. So I learned through a toy too initially. So now that you found toys, are you able to orgasm without toys? You know, I definitely have. I think about it as like, it's, if I really want to spend that it's good or time, bad. No, Just totally. Because I, I love my toy. <sighs> That's interesting that you, you ask that question because it has been a point of insecurity for me. Like, oh, like I'm not X, Y, Truly not, a woman yes. if you can. Yeah, yeah, it's like we're sold all these myths about what it means exactly. if you can or can't do, you know, have an orgasm without toys. I have been able to have orgasms without toys. They're just so few and far between. And at the end of the day, I'm really just kind of craving the vibration. I know, it's, it's such a specific thing. sensation right. but I love that you are also a person like me that wasn't like masturbating all over the place no. as a six-year-old like I meet other sex educators <laughs> and they're just like I couldn't stop rubbing myself and I'm like well isn't that dandy I right. wish I knew what that was like <laughs> this is what I say, dude. No, that's what I exactly I'm like okay I was not like six and riding a bike and all of a sudden right. I had an orgasm or taking a long shower or riding horse I'm mm -hmm. like I rode horses I took long showers like I never no. had the orgasm so same yeah, it thing didn't even cross my mind no. and I didn't grow up in a conservative household like I always I was always comfortable with my body and nudity and it, it just wasn't on my radar right. um I do remember like realizing like oh like pressure on my clit feels good but then I, I just for some reason didn't explore it right. and maybe it just had to do with like I was an only child right. I didn't want to like I was like nah you know there's this. a lot going on too these no. days it's stressful when you're going I just think I just fell asleep at night because I was anxious like Growing up, was the household was rough. You know what I mean? Like, I was totally. like, I'm just going to bed. But now exploring it. So now you're like into this world where you have like, you know, you're educating and you're inspiring so many people, like young people, it sounds like. Likewise, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, dude. Yeah. Right. But I love, I love what you're doing. <laughs> yes, baby. We're doing it. So I, and we're going to be doing some videos, which people should watch in a little yes. bit. They're going to be all over. So but exciting. I want to know about, about how, since you have gotten to this world, how your sex life has evolved and changed like partnered sex well and I just asked you to think about using toys or not because people always 
it just comes up lately because I love toys too. And I'm mm-hmm. always defend like people. I feel like for some people who have never used toys, I think are like, they're wrong. I'm like, they're right. just an added. Why just stick with this one? It's great if you can, but why not mm-hmm. add different sensations? But I'm, I'm wondering how, since you've gotten to this world, how your sex life and partnered sex has changed at all since you... Yeah, it's so funny because even since I started selling sex toys, it wasn't until the last year or so that I really was like, no, damn it, I need a vibrator during penetrative (laughs) intercourse. And because I am a wand person, it's a larger vibrator. And one of the pluses of it is that you get to like have that ergonomic grip on it. So you can, you know, it's not going to slip out of your hand like a bullet. But (laughs) it also, you know, you have to get into specific positions to angle it properly and And I definitely had partners who were maybe not intimidated, but were just like, this is a little bit frustrating and it's not doing anything for me. So meh. And it's like, well, those aren't the partners I want to be with. Well, true. (laughs) Leave them out. You want the guy who's like, that's so hot. Get your wand. Let me me charge your wand for you and make sure that that wand is charged so we have sex. Like, that's the guy you want. I'm so lazy. I only use the plug-in ones because I can, I'm just the laziest (laughs) person. Do you have the rechargeable? I do. Okay, good. I'm a doxy wand person these days. I switch them all out. I have okay. like every wand You do have every wand. Invented. I can't even teach. I, you know what? And I'm going to admit this on my show right now, right here. I bet you can teach me some things about, you're the dildo duchess. I don't have, that's your, your surname. <laughs> that your surname. AKA. Name. <laughs> so I don't know what, to, I don't talk about dildos a bunch. Seriously. Yeah. I haven't used them. So can you tell me about, like people even still don't know, a lot of people are like, what's the difference between a dildo and a vibrator? Yes. Well, it is so confusing confusing because I'll have people be like, I want a dildo. And then through the course of our conversation, yes, because there are vibrating dildos and then there are vibrators that are insertable or even look dildo-like, although a dildo can look like anything. But the way I've categorize them and it's I literally like categorize products on my site and have to be like, okay, what is this? Is it both? Is it one or the other? I describe a vibrator as something whose primary function is vibration, whereas a dildo's primary function is to be a insertable item. Right. So I think a really interesting example of something right in between is like the Fun Factory Big Boss. And Fun Factory makes a lot of insertable yeah. toys that have really direct vibration. Right. Um, so I categorize those as both usually. Yeah, you're right. Those but, ones, mm-hmm. what are they? Uh, what was the one that the Stronics. The Stronics. Yes, yeah, those are pulsators, yeah. but I still I get it. categorize them as vibrators since people don't I have can, the like, geek terminology. Out on the, I totally, yeah, totally, yeah, go. Totally. Okay, I get it. Um, but it's also like if you have a dildo with like a, a bored out hole in the base for a, a bullet and yeah, it vibrates, but if you use it externally, it's going to be so diffused through all the thick right. silicone that it's not going to be as direct. So that's when I would categorize it as a so dildo versus a vibrator. Are, but I'm just curious about, yeah, like what built, do you you use them? Do you use dildos a lot? Are you more, you're I more do. Okay. Well, it's funny too, because I am also a girth queen, <laughs> which, oh. you know, add that to the power queen and like, everyone's like, yikes. I mean, not, not the people I want to be playing with, but it, it's like, we're taught all these myths and it's like, it's not any individual's fault if they're like, well, isn't a big dildo going to stretch you out? Right. Like nobody tells you that the, the vaginal opening doesn't work that way. Exactly. And it's true. Like if I'm using a really girthy dildo several days in a row back to back Uh, you know I might notice that my body does adapt to that but then I take like a day or two of a break and it it doesn't feel like anything happened it's temporary 
sensory perception that causes this myth of like, oh, and same things with vibrators. Like, it's going to desensitize you. I know, that bothers me. No, it's like anything. It's not going to desensitize your... It's going to... It's like anything. It's like, I think about it like when you're working out. Like, you can work out for when then your body... What is it when you you plateau? Yeah, exactly. There you go. I can no longer lose weight if I just keep running. So I'm going to cross train. I think of mixing up your sex toys and your sex life, like cross training for your sex life because you guys know who email me and who call into the show that your sex life has gotten boring at some point in your life. <laughs> that is all to everybody, of us. But everybody thinks they're the first one. They're mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I thought the world was flat. And now it's not. And they're like, Emily, I know you, I, I've been listening to your show for a long time. I'm not sure I've heard this exact thing. I've lived with my partner now for six months and we're no longer having sex. I'm like, that's all we talk about. Yeah, so what happens, it gets totally. boring. So why not look at it like a, I guess people are trying to poke holes in things that they're threatened by. So for totally. example- don't poke holes in your toys or your condoms. Like, <laughs> no. But they're in the argument that that toys are a threat to them and that toys are going to take over their, when really it's just adding some variety to your sex life. So I get that. But I like your, I like that you're just like addressing all these things because, and directly with people you're, and, and with guys you're right. dating. Let's go back to that. So you're yes, like, yes, yes. So how do you check their girth ahead of time? <laughs> or do you just have a girthy toy just in case? Would you date a guy it, with not a lot of girth, but you're like, dude, yes. it's fine even if you're small. Well, yeah. Because I got a girthy dildo, yo. Yeah, exactly. And, and I do everything. find that it's like, yeah, I've never met a human who has the girth of the toys that I oh, okay, use. Right. So it's not, not even like, like... I, like, yes, girth is lovely, but it's also, I do find that everybody has a special talent. Absolutely. Um, and furthermore, like after, if my partner has an orgasm before I do, I want them to be able to be like, okay, like I'm going to like rub your arm while you play with yourself or like I'll manipulate the dildo on you while you hold the vibrator right. and just like changing that template. And I, I think that porn has a lot to do with contributing to Can like, just talk about, yeah. yeah, the flow that we're expected. Like it's blowjob, vaginal intercourse, anal intercourse and cum shot at the end. <laughs> exactly. No, none of that. None I mean. No, but you're right. I hate that it is so linear. That's what we see in sex. And that's why people don't know where to go. And I think of it like a dance. Totally. We have sex, like we, and then you pull out. And then maybe you go down on me for a really long time. And then we bring in a toy. And then maybe we finish, we don't even have to orgasm now. And then you go back Mm -hmm. to it. Not being goal oriented is very important. Right. Because then you just put a bunch of pressure on everybody involved. And if you don't meet those expectations, I mean, you're just setting yourself up for potential disappointment. Right. So I love that you're taking charge and that you're teaching this message online and with people you're dating. So, how do you because okay I don't yeah. mean Michigan guys yeah oh yeah like I'm for <laughs> sure I remember one of the first blogs I ever wrote which is a long time but it was like why high school sex still happens and I just thought all the yeah. sex I'm having with guys who are been out of high school for 15 years 10 years it's exactly the same because we don't change that much we do the same things if no mm-hmm. one ever wakes us up right to other ways of having sex what do guys need to learn right now I think it's always a learning curve like I the first time you have sex with someone, I mean, sometimes it is mind blowing, but it just gets better. And there's like a very vast learning curve when you understand what kind of stimulation somebody wants. And I find that my issue with people isn't usually with like the mechanics and more so the mindset of a the fact that I'm a sex educator and what does it mean for them to be intimate with somebody who's like basically putting soft core nude images of themselves on the internet all the time okay. in Michigan, you know. <laughs> Oh my God, if I never moved, you're right. Uh, That's more of what it is, actually. So that's the ethics stuff. You're like the mental aspect of like, okay, you know, we're not going to have a relationship that fits into these heteronormative templates. And I do tend to 
lean monogamous on the spectrum of monogamous, non-monogamous. I do like to have a primary partner, but sometimes I like a side dish. Right. <laughs> and being able to find somebody who's okay with that and has a sex drive that complements mine in that way has been a difficult search. Right. I currently feel very satisfied with my partner back in Michigan. Hi. Good. But, Hi, honey. <laughs> but it's it's been it's been really great. And I think that, you know, you say all the time communication is lubrication. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't care what your body is like or who you are or what you do if we can communicate oh god then it just fills in all those early on in the if you could like focus on teach kids say because you're right what do you think that we need to i don't even know how it should be taught i thought about this i don't think it's the school's fault i don't even think it's the parents fault because i don't think that kids even want to hear their parents talk about sex and in the schools they don't really so what do you think you're hearing that people need to know right now Like, what are the questions you're getting asked? Well, we're talking about this later on, but I really think that porn is such a relevant subject simply because it does stand in for sex education. Kids are coming across porn before they're even at the age where comprehensive sex education would be introduced if it were to be in their school district. And without the added context of like, okay, like this is a performance. It is a fiction. This is not the way that real intimacy goes down. Um, Without providing the context, a lot of people are making really incorrect takeaways. Right. And it's changing the way we're intimate with each other. And also, I do think that some of us rely so heavily on the visual stimuli, which can be great and inspiration um, and an amazing part of our fantasies. But if we rely too heavily, like every time we masturbate, we look at porn and like, I just like the toys. Like, you don't, you you mix up the toys, mix up porn. Sometimes use your imagination. Cause the brain is the the biggest sex organ at the end of the day. It so is. I think communication is generally a really important thing. And that obviously transcends into consent and the ways we communicate around all types of relationships, not just sexual ones. I think just being reassured that there's nothing wrong with you and you're not broken if you feel a little bit different. And if you are feeling vulnerable, that's a great thing to look into and find the roots of maybe where that vulnerability is coming from because you might learn more about yourself. Vulnerability is so important. I think that it'd be, it's so hard though, I mean, to be actually vulnerable with another human. What do you mean by informed intimacy? Oh, where did I say that? I don't that? know, but I was like thinking Informed we're talking about vulnerability intimacy. and we're talking about intimacy. Like, what does it mean to you? I guess just like, yeah. um, what did like, I, mean? <laughs> I don't know. See, who knows? But that's what, like, what about, we talk about being vulnerable. What about being intimate? And how do you think that toys, well, this is where it was leading mm-hmm, my part about, mm-hmm. maybe that's what you meant. How do you think that using like toys and product, like help couples with intimacy? Right. Well, it's just like you're turning your hands into a Swiss army knife, essentially. Like you have so many things available to you. And even just learning what you don't like is very informative. And you're sometimes it just is truly the process of elimination. I mean, the first vibrator I've, I ever got was like a super soft vibration. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I guess vibrators aren't for me. This isn't doing it. And then I learned later on, like, no, girl, you got the softest. Right gentlest vibe not that those don't have a place in the world they but do not. there's some people who are like it's too yeah. that's what you learn some people are really mm-hmm. sensitive some people you know they want the harder thing the bigger thing so it's okay to explore and that's the other thing is that I think the problem with porn or just life is that we're not taught to explore so had I just not yeah. taken into my own hands or never like I didn't have a 
a G spot or didn't like know where that was oh, until I used yeah. toys. Same. So I assumed that it just wasn't there. I think oh we make assumptions God. that this is how sex should be. It only is missionary. It's only like doggy stuff. But I think that what I love about toys and bondage and all this stuff mm-hmm. that you sensation plays that you actually are making your sex life just much more expansive and you're learning so much about yourself and, and, and then doing it with a partner is very intimate and being like, what can we learn together? So I guess I just, I, I hope like, it sounds like the work that we're both, everyone's doing in our industry is like, let's shed some of that. So you guys can actually, we're trying to help you not take away. Why are you fighting with me about using, having to use a vibrator during right. sex when we're actually having sex? I'm pleased. You're pleased. And wait till I use a cock ring on you or penetrate <laughs> you with this dildo and it's going to feel amazing on your prostate. How about that? So like, totally. let's just try to shed all the uptightedness. You could do that in Michigan right now. I'm I'm trying. I know. <laughs> and I think it's not just porn but and everywhere, even, like, but like they yeah. need it. I get it. I think that like mainstream media and uh just like like romantic comedies and movies that depict relationships are not only showing primarily like heteronormative relationships but monogamous relationships. And I think that, you know, some of us are you know, genuinely monogamous and some of us are more non-monogamous. It's a spectrum, like many things in sexuality. But it's like not having the template to work with of like, okay, what comes now? Or like, oh, I'm meeting my partner's other partner. What happens now? People don't have a place to go for that. There's not a lot of great models of it that it actually Mm -hmm. works. People still doubt that that can actually work. Relationships that are open and you don't have to be just sign up blindly sign yeah, up yeah I, I also want to see like TV and movies that are representing non-traditional relationships but the entire focus of the media isn't that it's non-monogamous like more just like yeah and they're non-monogamous as a, as a side part and right. and that's you just don't see that represented no you really don't no. see it and in fact I thought something was wrong for a long time I was just saying and now actually you know I've been in monogamy uh, long-term relationships short-term you know serial monogamous but mm-hmm. I I, I just really didn't have done everything. Open, closed. I say I'm a cheated. serial. I a long time ago. The most serial monogamous to non-monogamous person. Because I'll just be like, I'm non-monogamous. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so in love with this <laughs> new person. Let me just saddle up with them. <laughs> Until I'm not. Yeah, Never right. Open yeah. This up. But it wasn't normal. Like We're talking like in Michigan, like 20 years ago. So I was like. I bet. But I always felt that something was wrong with me. And now I realize that that it just was never interesting to me to be with one person and to keep moving. But now I feel like I love that we just see more people talking about it and that it actually works because monogamy right. does not work for everybody at all. I so. think that there's like the folks in my I community. I mean, not for everybody. Not for, it works for many, but right, not for right. everybody. Yeah, and it's, you never force yourself to do anything you don't feel comfortable with, just like anal sex. If you don't want to do, like don't do something about- because somebody else is like, we, I'm really, I really want to do this. Exactly. Like, okay, so... Do you get tons of questions about anal? You know, not so much these days, actually. But but yes, like it's definitely like a standard question I'd get, but less so these days, honestly. Maybe because I think that there's a little bit more information specifically about anal right yeah that's true it's good in talking about lube too because like while yeah while lube is great (laughs) for everything anal is like the obviously the one thing where the butt doesn't self-lubricate you gotta have you know exactly okay we're gonna take a quick break give a shout out to our sponsors thanks for supporting them we'll be right back Here's a listener email I recently received, and let me tell you, it's not the only one of its kind. Hi, Emily. I'm a 38-year-old single mom who wants to get back on the dating scene, but I'm terrified. I've been dealing with bladder leakage and actually started wearing pads every day just to be safe. 
Between the leaking and the pads, I'm totally insecure about spontaneous intimacy with a new partner. How can I move past this? Well, first, let me tell you that she's not alone. It's actually estimated that 40 million women use pads every day for bladder leaks. Young, old, with, without kids. But let me tell you, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There are solutions though, and it's not just pads. The Apex by Pormois is an affordable device that uses gentle electrostimulation to create an extremely effective Kegel workout automatically. Not only does a strong pelvic floor help prevent the old sneeze and pee situation, it can increase the strength and frequency of your orgasms, which should also help make you want to get intimate again. Similar to the intensity that I've spoken about for years, the Apex delivers the same results without the rabbit vibrator functions, making it the perfect option for women who are sensitive to stimulation. To start using an Apex and stop relying on pads, visit pourmoi.com slash Emily. That's P-O-U-R-M-O-I dot com slash Emily. The other day, my friends at Adam and Eve called to ask me if I wanted to give away free vibrators to my audience. I said no. I'm kidding. Of course I said yes, but only for a very limited time when you use code Emily at adamandeve.com. They're going to send you a free pocket rocket with your order. Pocket rockets are great little vibrators. They're perfect for clitoral stimulation alone or with a partner. They're super easy to use and compact enough to stash anywhere. Oh, on top of the free pocket rocket, Adam and Eve will also chop 50% off the price of almost any single item and ship the whole order for free. To get in on this deal, just go to adamandeve.com and enter code EMILY at checkout. I suggest you do it before they realize just how many of you are out there. I feel like lube was like my biggest thing, like discovering lube for me. I was going to ask you this too. That was like a huge mm-hmm. game changer. It was for me. for me as well, right? Like just always, like like condom and lube, <laughs> condom lube. Like they go together. Like if I go to the drugstore, I'm buying condoms by lube. Not that I buy the lube there because we yeah. were talking about it in a meeting that no, I wouldn't no. buy it at the drugstore. But I just well, meant like I was trying to make this example to somebody. I'm like, don't buy lube in the yeah. Like, think about it this way. Don't buy lube at the drugstore. But if you go in. For something, it's better and I, than nothing. I try to think of like you buy shampoo, conditioner. You buy them both together. You right, buy, right. Think of it that way because it does enhance sex. Totally. And the honestly, orgasm. how hot is it when you go into like somebody's bedroom for the first time and they have their own bottle of yes, lube and I you're like, it. oh, you have the lube, and it's a brand I like. Exactly. Oh my goodness. He, he's girthy. Let's see what a man would have to have for you to want to. He's a girthy. I mean, man. anything. Just be nice. <laughs> Don't be toxically masculine. No toxic masculinity, and I'm sure we'll get along. Okay, exactly. Well, how often do you mean I'm sure? Yeah. Toxic. It's my only requirement, Don't honestly, at this male, point. Right. I'll take anything. How yeah. do you feel about... Yeah, no, I know. I, um, but you probably... Well, it sounds like your ex, you went through something. Did we talk about this on the air off the air about your ex? Honestly, uh, yeah, it's it's okay. I... Um, I think it's just been, it's been honestly so much of me discovering myself too and being able to ask for what I need because while... I've definitely been with folks who didn't give me the opportunity to ask for what I need, and I hold them accountable for that. But I know that on that same token, I, for a very long time, was not able to assert my needs. And I'm just so happy to be at a place where maybe I'm not able to say everything I need because maybe I'm still discovering things about myself, but I just feel comfortable putting it out there. And I think that I'm definitely a a chronic over-apologizer, sometimes slipping into that passive femme role that, you know, if you're socialized to be a woman in this society is very just programmed into you. So I have this intense personality when I'm socializing, but then when I'm intimate with people, I really take the back scene and I'm like, what can I'm such a bottom. (laughs) 
know, I'm the same way though. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm in charge of every other part of my life. Like I'm more passive when it comes. I mean, I'm not passive. I'm much more submissive. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to, unless of, they want that, but I'm just so tired. Like, like I'm just busy in life and you want to just run. No, I don't want to say that. <laughs> I mean, no, I understand that, that when you're a strong, dominant woman who's running a business and running a life, that it's nice to kind of, have someone dominate be in charge but do you find you were saying that the men that you're dating kind of expect you to teach them in that role because you are a sex educator it just becomes a thing you know okay one one person i was recently uh in a relationship with was aware of who i was as a sex educator when we got together and i was like oh great i'm not gonna have to explain myself to you you know about this oh they don't know but then when it came down to like my actual ideology this person could not jam with that it's like i find a lot of men who like want strong women and strong personalities but then when they express their strong ideas it challenges their their world view sometimes right. and obviously that's not all dudes but this particular no, person was just like i thought that you were just gonna be a chill sex babe you know and i was just like you're no, like i know honey. nothing chill right there's they this probably don't political even know. too you they know they don't really know this though no. like about sex positivity what that even means <laughs> no. or like i think that they would know that but um you, you've also said like our sex negative society brainwashes women i know you've talked oh, a lot about this yeah. so can we talk about this for a second what would you think about yeah. If you want to. Totally. I do. It's it's just a really intense subject matter, especially in a post Me Too world where obviously this is all continuing to be part of the dialogue. I hope it just continues to blossom into more conversation. But I think that in the last year, a lot of women have been recontextualizing situations that felt strange weird and now we have like new vocabulary and new light shed on these things and a lot of my previous partner I had three previous partners of mine outed in 2017 and just outed for me too yeah yeah um and it was really difficult because there was one outing that I chose to participate in because I did feel like I had been coerced into something but then the uh, the other two men I I had consensual, you know, maybe there was like a blow up at the end, but it was consensual and 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 fine in the context of me and them. But then I heard about all the other stuff they did to other people. And while I didn't have a story to add to that, I was in very close contact with the other women outing these people. And it was really a jarring month. I believe that was, when was that even? November. Yeah, Yeah. it was like late last year. And I definitely went into a hole of just realizing like, okay, like I'm very aware of the upsetting things. Yeah, I'm very aware of the upsetting things that, you know, may have happened in my past, but like, oh wow, there's so many times that there was consensual sex, but I just didn't think I could say leave. no. Right. Yeah, I didn't feel I like it. I could say no, or I was just like, well, it's easier to just go through with this than to, to, to cause a stir. Exactly. Oh, as a woman, I don't want to cause me dinner, a stir. Right? Like those yeah, things you feel obligated right. to do things that it, it doesn't work like it's, that. It doesn't no. work like that, no. But that's what I love is that, I and even, you know, so you're in your 20s, so. Yeah, I'm 25. You, right, 25, yeah. right. So it's like, and I, you know, I've been going this forever that I love that it's just like, I, that's really not going to happen again. We have to tell other women that they don't have to, like, I didn't know moving to San Francisco when I was 22 and my first boss out that he was in a, but 
there's been my whole life there was men it was inappropriate not like in the touching but just in the I felt obligated or they had the power to make decisions around things so I would have a lunch and they were flirty and mm-hmm. it was that's just how men were always were you accepted it and then there were also times where I'd go out with the guy a few times I'd get back to his room or whatever it was his apartment mm-hmm. and I and it was easier to stay like the whole Aziz and sorry thing brings yeah, it up like yeah. it might have been easier just to stay and have mediocre sex and then leave because right. it's harder to leave but now just to, to let women know and guys know that pay more attention in the moment to how you know, if people could just be more present. Like, what is right. you could tell if like you could probably tell if or maybe if they weren't so drunk that she wanted to leave, like in the Aziz thing. And maybe there were times that my body language right. was saying I wasn't comfortable. But guys are just in this mindset of go go. You know, it's just we're not connecting. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's like, like society doesn't give them the tools to it's do. It's not any their different. fault because I love men. I right. love men and women. This and is that's just what like you always know. get, right? Like it's like, oh, you're a feminist, so it means you hate men. Like no, no, and no. Right. Like how many times do we have to say right. this? We love men we want them to be better we want them to be better versions it's just like I'm trying to be a better right. version of myself I was following along because I didn't know that it was okay to say say no it was normal I was normalized behavior that wasn't normal and I think it's men. what really upsets me is is that men are robbed of the ability to have platonic intimacy with other men um, you know without it meaning something else and I think that's why contact sports are so popular in our right, society exactly. um, but I think it's also just like yeah like you are taught to be like to wear the crown and be this solid, sturdy rock and like impenetrable force of, you know, and obviously that's a huge overgeneralization, but then it literally, it like, it just sets you up for failure. Society sets all of us for, all of up us. for failure exactly. in that sense. Exactly, we have to kind of relearn what we learn, yeah. kind and of it, reprogram. And it just breaks my heart because I'm like, I do think that there are, are men who like need to like do better and they just are not trying. But I think that there's so many men that really are like, I'm doing the best I can and it's still not enough. What can I do? Right. And like my heart really goes out to those people who are like, I don't, I don't, I think most people are inherently good. And I, do, I think, oh, you said your heart goes out to people who feel that way? Oh, like, or oh. To, to people who... Uh, like have just been like struggling, but like just are never given the tools or opportunity to to be different. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like my dad was a bit of a womanizer <laughs> and that was like an upsetting realization to have after my dad passed. But I also was thinking about it and I was just like, okay, well, he he had a stepdad who treated him like crap. Exactly. And he got beat up by him and he was raised in the 19, he was born in 1939. Your like, dad was right. Yeah, and that doesn't make it okay that he was really problematic a lot of the time. Right. But I also have, it's a contradiction. No, we've it's all learned. Sympath- no, here's yeah. the thing. You look mm-hmm. at your parents, like when we blame our parents for certain things, that's what our job, you guys, on the planet is to work through childhood issues. Oh, so the yeah. sooner you do that, you, you can blame your parents and be mad at them, but then you eventually realize they did the best they could yes. with the tools oh that they God. were given because they had parents who treated them in a certain way right. and that's why they act, because they that's what they, they that's what they were taught and that's why they treat mm-hmm. you the way you do they treated you so whatever your issues are so you have to forgive them and realize that we all came from somewhere and figuring that out and why we're here and working through them is the best work you can do so in a way yeah. I get it so th- that's where men so most men mm-hmm. learn from their fathers I think so learn from their fathers or learn from da- right. you know, the brothers and so it is very generational too I think that some older men like definitely like the baby boomer generation were taught to be men in, in such different ways it's, it's just there's been such different roles and like obviously things are Slowly getting more. Slowly well, it's, you know, even if it's not equal, we're talking about it. Yeah, I, I love that. I yeah. mean, and while it's been such an uh, upsetting 
conversation, but necessary. I think that there really are men in my sphere, at least, who I think are just becoming more aware and more men who are like standing up and doing the explaining to other men. So I don't have to for the millionth time (laughs) as a victim explain to them why their actions are wrong. You know, just like when like I think that like a white person calling out another white person for being racist is like you got to just like call them out because it's like like we can't just be silent. And it's the same. I mean, obviously, racism and sexism are completely different things, but just call them out. In the exactly. Moment. Seriously, like, like you need don't to be afraid to confront it's, people it's, right now. It's not the like the victim's job to educate you. So, yeah. Yeah. I want to see more allies. Just be an ally and a friend, you know? It. I get it. Did you grow up in a religious <sighs> My dad was an atheist and my mom was a Jew. So okay. I was kind of an atheist Jew growing up. Okay. But uh, I mean, I actually minored in theology because I was so fascinated by the dynamics within religion that right. influence our brains and right. also sexuality. Yeah, because we're hearing these, so there's a lot of shame around sex because we're taught that it's actually wrong unless we're married or just to touch ourselves. Yeah, unless it's for procreation or to never touch ourselves. Right. And then people still, or you're going to get pregnant. I know I remember dating, you know, people who grew up in like, yeah, so you hear like every time you have sex, you feel like you're going to get the woman pregnant. You, you carry that right. kind of shame. It's hard for me. And Tell me. I, let's see, I gained about 40 pounds when I went to college and I never like thought of myself as like, I never like even realized I was gaining weight until people started thinking I was pregnant and I was not pregnant because I carried all my weight in my butt and my stomach. And I had people be like very earnestly like, congratulations. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And it was just like getting to the point where like I had never seen myself as like, you know, heavier or whatever and I you know I thought I was beautiful and I was getting laid real well you know uh like that's amazing but you were just like I'm my sexy self like you really didn't know which I love and then I was like wait people genuinely think I am pregnant (laughs) and it was like I mean and it also made me realize like oh yeah you never assume somebody is pregnant even if they look nine months pregnant you just don't assume anything right you you wait until you like have confirmation right so that's follow their cues You're like, there's a reason mm-hmm. and there's help. So what happened? But I, was, I was also not taking care of myself. Like I had, I was not like, I didn't know how to cook for myself and I was not exercising. Like I was walking around New York, but I wasn't exercising at all. And I'm so glad that I, I found different types of exercise that I love. Like I genuinely love going, going on runs and yeah. I love like yoga. Of course I like rock climbing now. Um, I love it. But it's like just rock as much for amazing. my, yeah. Oh yeah. It's just as much for my mental health as it is for like, you know, body stuff. But I will say that when I, so I, I lost weight just by like eating better mm-hmm. and like paying attention to it. And it's, it sucks on the one hand that I was like, well, I need to change this, but at that point in time and the context of how it was affecting my life, it, it did feel like a change I wanted to make. And I did so in, in what I think was a healthy way for me. But I realized that when I, I lost a little bit of weight, I actually felt more nitpicky about my body because I was even closer to this right. like standard of what beauty is. Although like it's all so subjective, right? Exactly. right? And like, I don't, I look at all shapes and sizes of body and I'm like, this person is beautiful. They're just being them right. and then why that's do what's you, so beauty, yeah. beautiful is when you are being truly why being don't you. I see that beauty in myself oh because it's I've been taught to like not have any cellulite right. even though it's just kind of a fact of life at this point you right. know Women like have cellulite it yeah it's just Mo- it's a thing do. it's yeah. a thing <laughs> it's a thing get over it make cellulite beautiful yeah. again and 
it's like, I'm always going to be a pear. I'm not going to be a stick. And I shouldn't want to be something that I'm not. Right. Mm-hmm. But you feel like you were being shamed. People were saying stuff to you that you're pregnant. So did you feel like this shame around your body? Did you feel? Yeah. Well, I, and it was like weird. But then I understand it was yeah. healthy, though. In a way, you're it, like, wait it was. a minute. I wasn't I like crash diet. dieting or anything. I was right. just like literally just like moving my body a little bit more and, right. and being mindful. Because I'm, I love food. Like I love, it, like binge. Like I'm a binge eater, not like in an unhealthy way, but like I can just like it, it's a really like beautiful hedonistic experience. Just like sex it is. is, it's like like obviously everything in moderation. But there is something really beautiful about indulging. It's like an indulgent experience. But when I when I lost the weight, also I was almost equally offended when people were like, "Oh, you look so great now," and I'm just like, "Excuse me," so I didn't. Exactly. And it's also just like when somebody loses weight, sometimes it's because they're grieving. Sometimes it's because they have an illness. It's not a good thing necessarily. Don't say congratulations or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, I've totally made that mistake myself. It's like, and it's okay. It's just like more like be be aware and, um, you know. And your body, I think it's really about confidence. What I love here, I mean, it understands like you had to, you know, you, you weren't being as healthy, but also just. You know, I just hear from so many women who just are not, that they do still feel like they have to meet this certain standard of beauty, standard of norm, but just loving your body, that you really tr- still always felt beautiful and you are beautiful in any you shape and form. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. thank you. I'm saying, look how beautiful you are, really, <laughs> in your body. But I get it that I just want women and men to feel just, we. This is, and this is the thing that comes out in sex, is I think people are having a lot of disconnected, uninteresting sex because they're so obsessed with themselves and their bodies and men are worried about their penises and women are worried about how they look. And if people could just like in the moment be like, oh my God, we are fucking right now and we're right. attracted to each other and it's hot and all that stuff, just let it go away. That's how the confidence right. builds when you're like, I had amazing sex and I was not in my head and I was connected to my body and I know how it works and like pulled out a big vibrator didn't feel bad about it right <laughs> I and, it, what I and like it. bodies are like they can be like really gross but also like really beautiful right. in, their in their grossness, grossness. exactly yeah like and I think funky body smells are delicious <laughs> um my, my partner made like he like was like I read an article that if you bring a shirt that belongs to your partner and <laughs> smells like them you'll feel like more relaxed and I have like flight anxiety so I was like oh, huffing that shirt you know I love but it. I'm just like it smells like Comment. BO and I'm like <laughs> I love this you know um yeah <laughs> But it's also just like, there's such a narrow frame of bodies depicted in mainstream porn too. And I think that also does contribute to like the very narrow set of beauty standards that like, are like what vaginal lips are supposed to look like. And especially like if you're not playing with people who have anatomy that resembles yours, like you don't understand the wide variety of how bodies look. And it's so funny because like, like I think that, People are getting, I, I, I do know that people are having cosmetic, vet, like mm-hmm. vulva surgery in increasing numbers right now, which like really breaks my heart because I'm just like, do you know how much like I think long vaginal lips are so beautiful and so are small ones and like dark, like yeah, deep, deep red, light pink, dark right. purple, whatever, like, you know, all. It wasn't even a thing, right? No, people, people every, yeah. and like anal bleaching, like. Ouch. I know. It's all like just if you if you're and that's see, I feel the same. If I was with someone and he was like, um, I love anal sex too, it's amazing, but could we just go bleaching maybe on a Saturday Sunday? You know, like I'd be like, or like let's say a guy said that right, to me. Right. No, that's not my guy. Like you're judging no. me on that level. Yeah. And I know that sounds 
I don't know. Like, look at me. I'd probably be like off to the next anal bleacher if my boyfriend said that to me right now. Right, but right. I'm just saying because I love him. I'm like, if that's what you needed. But in like, general, if there, just, <laughs> if there was a group on, no. I would do it. I would come on the show and talk about it. No, yeah. It's but, like there's nothing inherently wrong with it. No, it's just it's like, not. where where is your intention with this? I think but that is, yeah. it's a weird one, right? And yeah. everyone's body is different and beautiful. So that is something with porn that I'm just like, no, just if the more I'm telling you at the end of the day, my best advice for everybody is to slow down. Mm-hmm. to breathe mm-hmm. and to just whatever it takes to really be in the moment and present and love your body when you're masturbating and you're with someone else. So any kind of mindful masturbation practice, mindful sex practice that you can have to get all these messages oh out of your head God, and yeah. connect. And I'm so in my head, so. Yeah, no, I am too. Like when I'm not having, I mean, yeah. even during sex, I am a lot, but yeah. I've tried, I've. I keep my eyes open. Like I'll be like, and, really? I, and I'm just trying to keep my eyes open sometimes. Because I like why to like, I, I focus. Like, what like, are you focused on when yeah, your eyes are closed? I don't know. I guess it just like removes the added stimuli so I can like focus on the physical sensations when my eyes are See, closed. that's okay. It's just like a reflex. I mean, it's all okay. Yeah. But are you fa- you're not, fa- are you fantasizing or are you focusing on like pumping your, ca- what are you? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like literally just like, like, the minute sensations happening are what right. I'm trying to hone that's in on. That's what I always, that's yeah. the most important thing. And that's another reason why I do love toys because it's just, well, for so many reasons, but it's <laughs> the more you can pull yourself back into different sensations during sex, the easier it will be to stop the mind chatter. Oh yeah, that mind chatter. Oh, shut up. Stop it. Thank you for being here. Zoe Ligon helping me here answer mm. these emails. Okay, this is from Maddie23 in Missouri. Hi, M. Oh, it's like I know her. Hi, Maddie. First off, thank you for being such a reliable and trustworthy source for all my sex and relationship questions. There's so much info available on the internet, but I only feel safe using products that you recommend and trust. Mm. Aw. I'm looking for my first butt plug, and I really have my heart set on a jewel plug. They are just the cutest. I'm a newbie to butt play, and I'm absolutely terrified the plug might get lost inside me. I've done my research and read the horror stories online. Is this more likely to happen with a jewel plug, or why do they seem so hard to find? I also want to be able to have vaginal sex with this jeweled plug inside of my rear, i.e. I don't want to have to hold on to it during vaginal sex for fear of sucking it in. What is a good plug that has a wide enough base where I feel absolutely mm. confident and safe that it won't get lost inside me and where can I buy it? Whoo, okay. So thank well, you, Maddie. I can tell where you can buy it. Yeah. I, think so. I, don't have, I don't have jewel plugs, but don't? we so, got a bunch of flared base plugs. Flared so. base plugs. What do you love? Honestly, anything with a pointed tip will be a good toy. It doesn't matter so much the diameter. It really just depends on what your body is or isn't used to. But if it has a pointed tip, it's going to be so much more easy to insert than a blunt tip. Um, And a flared base, you shouldn't have to worry if it's... If it's yeah. a flared base with the jewel, I mean, I think the- that they are have. I mean, like what I think that the person's talking about is it does have a flared base, as yeah. far as I know, because like the jewel's at the end and has got a really skinny neck. Yeah. And that- should be fine the truth of the matter is like anything could get lost if you like really tried hard enough yeah. to push it inside your right. body and there will be horror stories right. and there are people going to the emergency yeah. room every night for yeah. putting things in their butt they shouldn't <laughs> it's got vacuum in there that, right. that rectum is like, a vacuum pressure like, oh, no, right. it's not uh. like the vaginal canal which has a definite stopping exactly. point to it at the cervix right exactly honey you know yeah. so that's the truth so I understand that um, there's a lot of great ones what about the G-pop and the G-plug from oh, FT wow. London. I think they're on our site. They're really cool. They look like um the ice cream cone. Oh, swirly? Swirly. And it's like really, the vibrations are really cool. Oh, I oh. have seen this. But that is cool. One, no, the yeah, it's silicone. 
Yeah, pointed tip. If it vibrates, that helps. Let's just give tips. Yeah, Yeah. if if it has vibration, that helps relax the sphincters. Mm -hmm. But um, go slow. Use a lot of lube, and yes, the vibration can feel very good to um, work on the outside sphincter muscles. Relax, breathe. The G plug five. It's a little bigger. Oh yeah, that looks like the shape of what I'm imagining the jewel plugs to look like. But I think that you just got to play, sweetie, with a, a few and. And the jeweled ones that I like were the um, ones with the the tails on it. You know, you go to the sex. Yeah. Thing. What was it? They They've got like me. Hello Kitty ones too. They yes, got a they lot do. of stuff. But I, they do. <laughs> I have a unicorn one. Oh, the last thing that the person mentioned was having vaginal intercourse with the plug in. And that is really awesome. And especially if it's got like a more of a plump shape instead of like a, a smooth tapered shape, it will create like, I mean, the the wall, the lining between the vaginal and anal canal is, you know, it, it's it's thick, Thin. but yeah, I mean, like, it, enough it, that yeah, you could have yeah, an orgasm exactly. Right. There you go. So you're putting pressure on the G spot as well like indirectly through that lining. Um, I was going to say, it's, it's not thick enough that you're right. going to like break through it. Because <laughs> like, I've had people be like, wait, can I like break through? Because you talk about the membrane. Like, what if yeah. I break through it? No, but like- it is thin enough to feel. Thank you. I'm word salading now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it is cool. And if it's a vibrating plug, perhaps the little bit of vibration on the penis or the dildo exactly. or fingers or whatever is going to feel, feel so good. good. Yeah. yeah, just try it out. You're absolutely right. Because a lot of women can have orgasms because of that. Well, because of a lot of reasons but if you don't know right if it's vibrating and it's the g-spot it's just trifecta all the things this is from rachel 21 wisconsin hello my name is rachel your podcast has truly made me so much more confident in my sexuality oh rachel love that Mm. i have two big things going on number one this is in all caps ready i can't orgasm for the life of me Mm, i've never had one and it has honestly been so frustrating i don't know what sex toys are best for this i was wondering if you had anything that would be helpful for me i feel like i've tried everything number two after having a sexually abusive boyfriend my casual sex life Mm. has been struggling in one major way i don't feel comfortable being on top and i honestly feel like i have no idea what i'm doing i would love 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 some tips about being on top yeah. I would be happy to exchange tips and vibrators for baked goods. I'm a great baker. Oh, oh we're so answering your question, God. Rachel. Yeah. You keep those keep those baked goods, honey. Yeah. Um, but we're here to help you. I'll, I'll take them. That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, sorry. Well, yeah, she can visit you. Okay, so um, just chocolate chips, no nuts. Um, so she's never had one. We talked yeah. about this. Oh, this is a great question. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. Which toys are best? I would say a clitoral toy. Yeah, something versatile that you even if you like different ways, even if you don't plan on using it internally, having the option can be a cool way. So especially if you're like on a budget and you want to not buy a million different things. What would you say? Something that has a like a slim internal shape. Like I like the Pico Bong toys because they're not too expensive. It's Lalo's battery operated line. Or like the Svakum toys are a pretty middle price point as well. But something that can be inserted, but also has direct vibration, not diffused vibration. Right. right. So I like the um, yeah. I like the Weave Touch because I oh, know, I love that, that Weave But that one I can insert so too. Good. It's my favorite because I don't know. It just goes inside. If you need a little inside, it's got the mm-hmm. tip, and then it, and the vibrations are 
you can wherever you press it, the vibrations will go, and it's great for clitoral, but also your clitoral legs. Your your it took me a yes. long time to realize that the legs, the, legs, the clitoral legs, it, there's the clitoris internally <sighs> is such a whole party going on that I didn't know about. There wasn't any research was on no it research. until the nineties. So is that why? Yeah, for reals. Yeah, it was. Well, I'm so the I internal had, structure was discovered in the nineties or quote, talked no, about in an articular way. Yeah, yeah we knew yeah. about it a long time yeah. ago, but it's so true that a lot of my magic happens with the vibration on like my labia totally Zah. yeah labias <laughs> um labias i also love to recommend books when i mean like i was it wasn't that long ago i was pre-orgasmic and i know you're like right yeah sex for one by betty dodson was a really helpful book for me because like i think that you can learn to become orgasmic with a partner or by yourself you don't True. have to do it one way or the other but i think that the more you know about your own body the easier it is to give instruction mm-hmm. to other people Absolutely. and i think that you know this is getting to part two but the more variety and ways you're able to stimulate yourself the more comfortable you'll feel in new situations and new positions like being on top like being on top so getting comfortable I understand what you mean about being on top sometimes it can't and I'm not sure it sounds like more you're saying you don't know what you're like how to move right because I also think like First of all, it's different for every woman, mm-hmm. how we move. But I think like mm-hmm. in porn, you see it like you're going up and down. Right. And for someone that can be amazing Ooh. if you're having clitoral stimulation. But to me, that's never really. Yeah, like really riding it and grinding on it. Grinding, and you got to grind and when go you're back on and top, forth. Like you have a little bit more control over what's happening. Right. Not that the person lying down or, you know, on their back can't be active as well. But like, ooh, sexpert, sexpert Tayomi, who she has a really great Twitter and YouTube videos about like riding, specifically right. riding. Um, and she has like amazing videos where she like she's wearing clothes and so is like her like male demo bottom, but she's but like she's showing riding. how to move. Yeah, and but I'm like because like, it's the grinding of the clip. Mm-hmm. So I think like just experience, like you said, like knowing. Right, we'll check out her her videos. She's amazing. That's awesome. But I feel like the the back and forth. It's just different for every woman. So knowing how you. If you need more clitoral stimulation, the grinding, moving in circles. It's easy to use a vibrator when you're on top, too, because you have that like perpendicular or, you know, you can be lying, you know, parallel. But if you're if you're like sitting up more and you're holding a vibrator against your body, it literally is just like direct access or hands or, you know, just anything. I love that. Opening up. Exactly. So I say practice doing your mindful masturbation and just get on top like the, everything with sex is about having the experience too so i getting past your fear mm-hmm. who's ever having sex with is so psyched that you're there and having sex with them they're not even thinking there's a right way to be on top because there is no right way so i want to say to you there rachel that you get to figure it out now this is fun so i love that you're having casual sex exploring yourself spending more time to get what you like so all i'm going to tell you is get on top <laughs> use each casual sex partner as a opportunity yeah to learn your body so just think of it as like you're finding partners. They're lucky to be with you. You get to get on top and just play around and figure out what Hell feels yeah. good in the moment. Do what you want. Right. So tips would be just do what you want. Play with people. Yeah. Play with some. If you're a book person, do a books. book. Yeah. Or Audible. You know, Audible. Audible that book. Yeah. Audible. It. You're right. That is a great book. Uh, sex for one. Yeah. Because it, it's not just like do this. Now do this. I mean, there are some instructive it's, moments, but it's also just like... Like reading Betty Dodson books, I'm just like, it's like my fun, wacky aunt is telling me what to do. Right, exactly. No, I love Betty Dodson. That's great (laughs) advice. And my mom, when I was not orgasmic, I was like 20. And I said to my mom, so yeah, Rachel, you're 21. I was 20. My mom mom bought me a book, Lonnie Barbeck, For Yourself. It's on my shelf over there. And um, told me I should smoke a joint. Oh, yeah. 
good. But the books are great. So read. So I think it's education and experience are going to help you move things forward. Rachel, let me know how it goes. I'm so glad you're listening to the show. And Zoe will take your cookies, your baked goods. (laughs) And we'll send your address. So thank you. Okay, this was awesome. That's a wrap. This is so fun, Zoe. Zoe We have so much in common, honestly. I know. We got to hang. Yeah, for real. We're going to hang. I know. I I have to go back to Michigan soon. Or you should just come here. So Zoe, how can people find you? (laughs) I am Thongria on Twitter and Instagram. and thirsty. Oh, yes. Thongria. Thongria. And um, my store is Shop Spectrum Boutique on Instagram and Shop Spectrum on Twitter. Cool. We'll have yeah. this all on our website, too. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank I had a blast. Thank you for having me. Me, too. That's great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> me, too. In a good way. Yes. Hashtag me, too. But let's take me, too, back for the yeah, good things. Yeah, I know. Right? I like, know. you like lube. I like lube. Me, too. Yeah, right. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I love you all. Thank you to um, everyone on my team. Thanks for I'm subscribing and checking out the show on iTunes because that's awesome and reviewing the show. Was it good for you? Text Ask Emily to 797979. Jamie, thanks for joining me for this important announcement. I'm excited to be here for it. Really excited. Really, though, like we, actually. No, actually, we're excited because we are here to talk to you about System Joe's warm and buzzy clitoral stimulant. And I thought for a great, you know, to really give you guys a review, we should do it in real time. So we just both put it on our clitorises, not together. I mean, separately. Separately. But. It's warm and buzzy and feels good. I get it. It's warm. It's like, it feels so good. No, it does. It's like, I'm. we're just sitting here, but we're just like, we've been going through this range of different emotions. We're just like, ooh, that's warm. Like, oh, there's a tingle like the, ooh there's now a there's buzzy. a little buzzy and a tingle like it's it actually is like making me want to go home and have and sex use a toy or use a toy or, yeah, or have sex no me too I'm gonna leave I'm still gonna leave I wasn't <laughs> feeling great now I'm really awake but this warm and buzzy it's kind of like foreplay for your clitoris like it gets me all turned on and warm and buzzy because there's 8,000 nerve endings I don't know why a clitoral stimulant hasn't been made before. It makes so much sense. Maybe it has, but I never heard of it. I've used Warm and Buzzy before actually with a toy and it, it like it gives that little extra oomph. It really does. Like extra vibrations. But the cool thing is that like System Joe has a range of different clitoral stimulants. So you can like have a cold one or a super cold one or a really hot one yeah. or one like just that just has the tingle, not like the different temperatures if you're too sensitive. Yeah, you just want to tingle without the temperature. It's really, you guys, this is like, this gets you ready. I always say you're so disconnected from your clitoris. A lot of us are disconnected from our vaginas. Use this and I'm so connected. I've never been so connected. I feel connected to yours as well. That's the power of it, Jamie. I know, right? I feel yeah. like we we just became like clit, <laughs> clit sisters. sisters. <laughs> well, anyways, but Emily, <laughs> how can everyone else get this? Do you want clit stimming gel? It's amazing, you guys. Okay, System Joe's stimulating formulas. You can find it at sexwithemily.com slash Joe. That's sexwithemily.com slash J-O.